The sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Hey everyone, it's Michelle Williams, and I love being able to share my story with you on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, where my guests and I, we get real as we share the ups and downs of our mental health journeys, and I'd love for you to join me. Hey, it's going to be your church and your turn up. So listen to Checking In with Michelle Williams every Tuesday, a part of the Black Effect on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Ever wondered how a book gets made into a movie? Or how to master the art of cooking? Either way, we've got you covered with the Two Guys from Hollywood podcast. I'm Alan Nevins, a literary agent and talent manager. And I'm Joey Santos, a columnist and celebrity chef. On our podcast, we're going to be serving you a fresh perspective of the entertainment industry alongside our favorite celebrity guests. As we like to say, we don't dish, we serve. Listen and follow Two Guys from Hollywood on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll talk at you soon. Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. If you want to listen live, all you have to do is download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Also, if you want to catch this show on video, be sure to check out Zumo TV, channel 719. That's where you can find SportsGrid's Fantasy Sports Network. Enjoy the show, and thanks so much for listening. On Grid. This is SportsGrid. Get on the grid. 48 hours away from pitchers and catchers on the field in Major League Baseball. Your fantasy baseball draft is almost underway as well. Craig Mish, Frank Stamfel, getting you ready for this Monday as Fantasy Sports Today starts now. It's Fantasy Sports Today. Welcome in Fantasy Sports Today. Craig Mish, Frank Stample with you for the next two hours. Talking fantasy, talking reality, talking a lot of things baseball. And ready to get it going with you guys today. Good morning. Happy Monday. It's February 10th, 2020. And uh, we got two hours of a fun show to get with you here today. Uh, baseball broadcaster and basketball broadcaster Rich Waltz is going to join the show in just a little bit. We're going to talk about everything going on in the world of fantasy. Also, of course, he calls college basketball on CBS Sports Network. So maybe we'll get a little bit ahead of the game and find out a month from now who you'll be taking in your uh, field of 64. We'll get to that as well. But, of course, the top story for sure. It is the trade that won't go away, but it finally got done yesterday, albeit with a little bit of tinkering. As uh, Mookie Betts, yes, he's going again to the Boston Red or to the uh, Los Angeles Dodgers. Didn't this get done right the first time? Well, apparently some medical issues were involved. Some extra money is going the way 
of the Dodgers too. David Price, look, this this was going to get worked out one way or the other, and I don't even think that adding Jeter Downs or Gretarol to the deal, like, I, I, it doesn't matter. I mean, what matters is is that Mookie Betts could not go back to Boston after they went this far down the road. It's not possible in any stretch of the imagination. Once you basically tell a player you're gone, it's almost impossible to bring them back. In the situation of Mookie Betts, where you know that he wants to head to free agency, this was the right thing to do. And so I'm glad cooler heads prevailed on this one. By the way, there was another trade in baseball over the weekend. We'll get to that right after the Sports Grid update. And for that, we turn it over to our producer and update host, Chris Bavoda. Sports Grid News Update. Thank you, Mr. Craig. It is Chris Bavona with your Sports Grid News Update in baseball. Mookie Betts and David Price are finally going to Los Angeles. Sources told ESPN's Jeff Passan that a deal has been agreed upon to send the players to the Los Angeles Dodgers for a package that includes outfielder Alex Verdugo, shortstop Jeter Downs, and catcher Connor Wong going to the Boston Red Sox. Interesting side note uh, that could lead to some, uh, we'll call it Red Sox-Yankees conspiracy theories here. Jeter Downs, born in Columbia, was named after the Yankee Hall of Famer Derek Jeter, of course, and was born 20 days after Jeter made his first All-Star appearance in 1998. Now, while one L.A. team is getting their deal done, the other team that plays just outside of Disneyland, they're not getting their fairy, fairy tale end. A deal that would have sent Los Angeles Dodgers outfielder Jock Peterson and additional players to the Los Angeles Angels is now off the table. The Athletic was first to report the dead deal. Angels owner Art Moreno was reportedly unhappy with the delay of the original deal, but it's unclear that if that if that's the driving factor in the breakdown of this deal. Per MLB Network's John Heyman, the terms of the original deal were dependent upon the original Mookie Betts trade. Uh, The final iteration of the deal that landed Betts in Los Angeles made the subsequent trade, quote-unquote, unnecessary. In NBA news, sources say that after considering a midseason return to the NBA with the Los Angeles Lakers or the Clippers, veteran guard Darren Collison has decided to remain retired. The Lakers are now expected to have an uh, exploratory conversation with Dion Waiters in the near future. Lakers president and GM Rob Holinka previously represented Waiters as a player agent. The XFL opened this weekend, and the numbers are in the XFL's debut game between the D.C. Defenders and the Seattle Dragons on Saturday drew an average of 3.3 million fans, and the audience peaked at 4 million per ESPN's PR department report. Uh, The game, broadcast nationally on ABC, garnered a 4.0 rating in Washington market, but the highest rated market was the Seattle to. Seattle Tacoma at 6.4. For comparison, when the Alliance of American Football had its inaugural game in a primary Saturday night game uh, last year, it averaged 2.9 million uh, viewers. The other three XFL games' ratings have yet to be, uh, be officially released as of Monday morning, but Fox Sports personality Clay Travis claimed that both Saturday XFL games outperformed every NBA and college basketball game uh, up against them that day. I am Chris Bavona with your Sports Grid Network news update. Back to you, Craig. All right. Thank you very much, Chris. And thank you for all of the news and notes for sure. And, of course, my co-host on my journey every single week is Frank Stamfel. And we talk fantasy. We talk reality. Of course, we have a lot of fun along the way. And, Frank, uh, another week. We're getting closer to having some players on the field. I know uh, I'll be out uh, covering it on Wednesday. And I had a chance over the weekend to catch up with the Marlins a little bit. And so we'll get to that a little bit later on the show. How was your weekend, Frank? 
The weekend was very eventful, Craig. Very excited to be here on video here with Fantasy Sports today. We got another trade. The Mookie Betts trade finally went down. We had the trade between the Rays and the Padres. Pitchers and catchers this week were about 11 days out from spring training games getting started up. Uh, it's a very exciting time of year ramping up for fantasy baseball action. How was your weekend, Craig? Uh, how were your interviews? How was FanFest at uh, Marlins Park? Oh, it was a lot of fun. Uh, you know, you talk about, like, a lot of optimism, and certainly we don't know how it's going to work out, but 17,000 fans uh, with no field access because a new field is being put in, so you can imagine, kind of crazy there. But, uh, you know, more for my son. He had a really good time. I didn't even actually go as media. I just kind of went as a fan to make sure that he had a good time. So, uh, no doubt, I think that there's a lot of positive things going on, and hopefully I'll be broadcasting from spring training as soon as we get all set up and you know kind of work on the, on the video side on my end too so sorry that you guys have to look at a still shot of me today but eventually we'll get that done but frank you're looking good and uh and and at least one of us is today so uh, maybe it's better that i'm not live on television it probably works out better this way with me just uh sounding good uh, okay so let, let's uh let's dive back in frank any takeaway from the retrade on bets before we move on from that i'm i'm uh, I'm, I, look, I'm not tired of talking about it because I think it will affect fantasy. They did tinker with a little things. The really big takeaway, I guess, is that the Dodgers and Angels don't get to do that deal. I thought that deal for the Angels would have worked out pretty well. Yeah, I don't think there's much to take away from Mookie Betts joining the Los Angeles Dodgers, right? Like, he's going to be the player we thought he was going to be, top five player for fantasy baseball this year, still a five-category contributor in the same lineup as Cody Bellinger. So that's just an absolutely ridiculous lineup. Uh, so very excited about Mookie Betts joining the Dodgers there. I think the biggest takeaway is that the, the Red Sox got Jeter Downs now in this trade, right? One of the top ish prospects in baseball, one of the top prospects in the Dodgers organization. Uh, this reminds me of a fantasy owner here, Craig, that like makes a trade, says that they're going to like verbally agrees to a trade with somebody and then kind of talks to other people and they're like, really, that's all you got for the trade? And they go back on it and they're like, no, 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 we got to reshape the trade or else I'm not doing it. Uh, that's basically what the Red Sox did here. They, they heard everyone talking about how bad the return was that they were getting for Mookie Betts. They made something up about a, a medical involving Bruce Dargraderall uh, and they end up getting another top prospect here from the Dodgers in Jeter Downs. So they get Jeter Downs and they get Alex Verdugo as well. I spoke about Verdugo last week. I'm very excited about uh, the prospect of him playing every single day in Boston. Uh, uh, but, yeah, that's how I feel about the Red Sox, man. They're like that fantasy owner that, you know, goes back on their trade after they, they verbally agreed to do so. Yeah, that, that's, you know, that's always up for debate in leagues. We've seen that before. Somebody clicks accept or, you know, better yet, in a fantasy league, somebody offers a trade and then they wait and they don't do anything about it and then somebody gets hurt or something like that and they pull that dirty stuff and they accept the trade. Uh, that happens a lot, too. We've seen it before. Uh, the other deal over the weekend, Frank, and we're going to dive into this throughout the show today, is the Tampa Bay Rays continually churning that roster and always, it looks like, attempting to sell high on players, or at least in their mind sell high on players, as they trade Emilio Pagan to the San Diego Padres, and they get another outfielder, Frank. So they got Manny Margot now, too. I thought their center fielder was Kiermaier, but... Uh, I mean, who knows? I mean, there. It was funny. Somebody posted something over the weekend saying that maybe they're just going to play uh, permanently uh, five infielders. You know, first baseman, second baseman, someone right behind second, short, third, then just play Margot and Kiermaier in the outfield. Rays are always doing things differently. I don't really know what to expect with this one. 
Yeah, they look, they have a good problem here. The Tampa Bay Rays, they have a ton of players for seemingly center field, right field, first base, and DH. You mentioned Kiermaier and Mar- Margot probably going to split time there in center field. But then you have G-Man Choi, you have Hunter Renfro, you have Yoshi Tsutsugo, you have Jose Martinez, Nate Lowe, uh, and then if Margot isn't playing in center field, he could be in the mix for right field. You have all those players for right field, first base, and DH. So it's a good problem to have for the Rays, but it absolutely sucks for fantasy trying to figure out who's going to play every day. Uh, And now we have the closer carousel in Tampa Bay once again. Is it going to be Nick Anderson? Is it going to be Alvarado? Maybe Diego Castillo in the mix? Emilio Pagan did a great job last year, but it's very clear that he's going to be the setup man uh, to Kirby Yates in San Diego. So don't think he has much value unless Yates gets hurt. But, of course, we're left trying to figure things out now with the Tampa Bay Rays closing situation. Yeah, we're going to get into that. We're going to talk about some of the back-end closers in baseball and what value they may provide uh, on draft day, which is coming your way and probably about a month from now. We'll be back with more Fantasy Sports Today. Three up, three down is next. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. Hey everyone, it's Michelle Williams, and I love being able to share my story with you on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, where my guests and I get real as we share the ups and downs of our mental health journeys, and I'd love for you to join me. I'm still on my own journey, but I want to be transparent with you, because as I was posting all the highlights of my life on social media, I was breaking down. And too many people fall victim to the picture-perfect image of the high life, so I created a space to discuss the good and the bad. We can laugh, man. We we going to learn. And most of all, I hope to inspire you to go on this journey with me to better mental health. This is going to be your church, your turn up, and everything in between. So join me on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, a safe space for every kind of person. Listen to Checking In with Michelle Williams every Tuesday, a part of the Black Effect on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Have you written a book and need some insight into what comes next? Or are you passionate about cooking and want to know how to make it your career? Or maybe you just want to hear insider stories about the entertainment industry. Either way, we've got you covered with the Two Guys from Hollywood podcast. I'm Alan Nevins, a literary agent and talent manager. And I'm Joey Santos, a columnist and celebrity chef. And on our podcast, Two Guys from Hollywood, we bring our expertise to the table with, of course, delicious cocktails and all kinds of recipes for you to try at home. So grab a drink and join us. We've got a wide range of celebrity guests and Hollywood insiders to discuss pop culture, publishing, and entertainment. And we'll provide you with an unfiltered and sometimes brutally honest show about Hollywood. As we like to say, we don't dish, we serve. Listen and follow Two Guys from Hollywood on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll talk at you soon. Fantasy Sports Today with Craig Mish and Frank Stanford. Now what goes up must come down. Three up, three down. What does three up and three down mean to you, Airman? End of an inning. 
Welcome back, Fantasy Sports Today. Craig and Frank with you here on Monday. Whether you're catching us on Pluto, Zumo, YouTube, or even SportsGrid.com or FantasySportsNetwork.com, thanks so much for tuning in today. Hopefully you guys had a good weekend. Let's get started with things that are trending up, things that are trending down in the world of fantasy and reality. I'll get the ball rolling here. I'll start off. Uh, what's, what's trending up? The uh, New York Mets are willing to sell the team and to cede control immediately of, of everything going on in the baseball ops. I mean, that is some really good news. You know what happened is, if you missed it over the weekend, uh, the other investor who was potentially involved in the sale of the team, Steve uh, Cohen was his name, he pulled out of, of the purchase of the team. So he is no longer involved. And so it's good that the Wilpons kind of see at this point they have to make a move. And my guess is that someone will step up and want to buy a Major League Baseball franchise in New York. Why not? And uh, Wilpons putting it out there, uh, no doubt that uh, they are willing to give up that control. So that's uh, certainly good news. Um, Academy Awards were on last night. Uh, I've seen a few of the movies that were involved in it. That was really good news, too. I saw Once Upon a Time in America. And um, and saw a couple of the other ones that were in it, so I felt better about watching the Academy Awards. Although I still got to tell you, thing goes so long, and I guess you have to be a real big Hollywood uh, movie person to catch all of these movies. A Marriage Story, saw that one too. Um, did not see 1917, and of course I did not see uh, the big winner last night either. So I think that I'm going to have to check that out as well. No question about that. Uh, so that's also trending up for me. And then my final trending up is the fact that we are just three days away from having some real baseball to talk about here on the show. Now I get it. We still do that. And I've been doing it with Frank and doing it with Joe previous to that. And for those of you who play fantasy, I get it. You can do fantasy baseball and talk about it 24 hours a day, seven days a week. But when there's actual contact, when there's actual pitchers throwing the ball to catchers, things happening, then we start to get some audio, we start to get some video, and find out what's really going on in the baseball field. So I will be part of that and delivering that to you as well. And that is what is trending up for me on this February 10th, 2020. Frank, how about yourself? Craig, the first trending up topic I have is Kevin Acey of the San Diego Union Tribune writes, Chris Paddock is confident that his curveball has developed into a top-shelf curveball. I spoke about this with Matt Modica of The Athletic on Friday here on Fantasy Sports Today, and I have notes written out for every single starting pitcher. Not every single starting pitcher, but basically like the top 50 right now. It's still a work in progress, but I have one of my notes written down that if Chris Paddock develops his curveball, quote, it's all over for the league. He already has great command. He has an awesome fastball changeup combination. If he gets that third pitch working that curveball, then I do think Chris Paddock can take that next step and become a top 10 starting pitcher for fantasy baseball this upcoming season. Next topic we have, the, for the first time in his career, Willie Calhoun has a solidified starting role on opening day. Remember last year we thought that he was going to have a role on opening day uh, starting in the outfield for the Texas Rangers. It ended up not happening. He didn't get called back up until about May, June last year. Uh, and he had a fine season. He ended up hitting 21 home runs, 269 batting average, but in only 83 games. So if this guy can stay healthy, stay on the field, he has the prospect pedigree. You look at his minor league track record, puts the ball 
ball in play, doesn't strike out, uh, hit well over 300 in the minors. He has power as well. He was the centerpiece of that trade that sent you Darvish to the Dodgers a couple of years ago as well. If we can get 150-plus games out of Willie Calhoun this year, I think he's someone that can hit 280-plus with 30, maybe even 40 home runs if everything breaks right uh, with the Texas Rangers. So Willie Calhoun, someone that I'm definitely in on this year. He has a starting job on opening day. And my last trending up topic here, shout out to Danny Okers once again, our producer. He helped me out with this one. Wendy's Breakfast launches on March 2nd here. Uh, I know normally I bring up the food items here on the show, but this is one that we could actually get excited about. Last week we spoke about like pickle sandwiches here, Craig, but now we're talking about a potential Baconator breakfast breakfast sandwich and a honey glazed chicken biscuit. Yes, give me all of those things. Sign me up for Wendy's Breakfast. That starts on March 2nd, Craig. Yeah, I think that I'll pass probably on uh, on on Wendy's breakfast, but I will say that I'm always open to new things and open to trying. So maybe I'll give it a shot, and then we'll kind of go from there. It's a, uh, it's also you know the thing is is that Frank is that every morning you know I try to get a workout in, I try to stay as healthy as I can, and I'm definitely never staying healthy for lunch or dinner. So it's like if I don't do the breakfast thing the right way, it could really uh, cause a problem. So, uh, but good stuff by you. Glad we're getting participation as well from uh, from the producers in New Jersey too. That's cool. All right, I'll start off with uh, my trending down topics here. We'll start off with the USA Today in their 2020 baseball predictions on social media on Friday. They spelled the Cincinnati Reds city wrong. They left out Cincinnati. They left out an N. And they also called the Marlins the Florida Marlins in their in their uh, predictions. And then when they were called out on it, they doubled down and apologized, saying that they're sorry that they left the N out of Cincinnati. And then also they apologized to all, quote, all 16 Marlins fans. That was not nice. You're the USA Today. Come on. You got to be better than that. If you screw up, just just admit it. You know, just say you, you messed up. And then they, of course, apologized on top of the apology. What is it with these double apologies these days? They can't get it right the first time. All right. Uh, second trending down topic for me. With all the money that Manny Ramirez has made in the beautiful home that he has about 20 minutes away from me here in South Florida, does Manny still need to go play baseball? And does he need to go overseas to play in Italy? According to the Gazette in Italy, he's going to be playing with Parma Baseball Club in 2020. I mean, come on. I mean, you have nothing left to prove at this point. And you're pushing, I think, I mean, you guys, he's got to be pushing close to 50 years old at this point. I, I just, and look, I mean, I, I'm not going to knock the hustle, but, I mean, he's, if you go back and look, he's made over $100 million over the course of his career. Does he really need to get this thing extended? And, by the way, in Italy, not Korea, not Japan. Maybe he just wants to take his family there and have a good time. If that's the case, enjoy. But as far as the baseball talent is concerned, come on, Manny. Long gone. Long done. Uh, finally, trending down for me at the Academy Awards. Got to throw something out there last night that I saw. Luke Perry. I thought Luke Perry was a pretty good actor. I get it. 90210. Not the most highly touted uh, acclaimed show in the world. But please, leaving him out of all the actors that passed away in 2019. And not only that, he was in one of the uh, movies that was nominated for the Academy Award in Once Upon a Time in America. So I thought that that was pretty cruel. Let's give Luke Perry some props here. Good actor, long time. Thought he did a good job as Dylan in his role on 90210. And, of course, uh, you know, he's part of the Actors Guild. So why not mention him? Don't get it, Frank. Didn't like it. That's what's trending down for me. 
Yeah, bad job by the Oscars last night, not mentioning Luke Perry. I have to agree with you there, Craig. Uh, as for Manny Ramirez, before I get into my trending down, maybe the guy just really likes pasta and pizza, and, you know, that's why he wants to go play in Italy. I can't knock it because as someone who loves both of those things myself, uh, if I can get paid to play baseball while eating some of the best Italian cuisine in the world, yes, sign me up for that as well. In case you didn't realize, I tweeted this out over the weekend. Uh, there were five crucial questions answered by uh, Mariner's uh, beat writer here, and and you might not realize, but D. Gordon is not expected to have a starting role this year. He is going to come off the bench in a utility-type role. Uh, Shed Long expected to be the starting second baseman. So for those that are doing the early drafts now, I know everyone's trying to find speed. Just keep in mind, when it comes to D. Gordon, he's not going to have the playing time that he once did. Uh, Shed Long is actually an interesting name who does have a little bit of a power-speed combination. So uh, if you do play in these deeper leagues or AL only, Shed Long looks to be the starting second baseman for the Seattle Mariners uh, on opening day in 2020. 20. On Friday, there was a report that came out here, Craig, and we spoke about Zach Gallen last week. Steve Gilbert of MLB.com writes, Zach Gallen will have to earn the final spot in Arizona's rotation. Now, I understand sometimes they use this as a motivational factor for young players and young pitchers in uh, particular, but... I found it laughable. I like. I think Zach Gallen showed us enough last year in the majors, and obviously exactly. what he did in the minors as well. Uh, you want to motivate these young guys, but come on, man! Like, at worst, he's their what second best starting pitcher, third best starting pitcher on that Arizona Diamondback staff. So, come on, let's not beat around the bush. Let's not, you know, make all the fantasy owners worry here. Zach Gallen's going to have a job uh, in that starting rotation for the Arizona Diamondbacks. And Craig. I gave you a trending up topic involving food. Wendy's breakfast coming out on March 2nd. I've got to give you a trending down topic. I don't know if you're a big fan of mayonnaise. I guess we're going to find out right now. I do not like mayonnaise. I don't like the way it looks. I don't like the way it tastes. Uh, it, just everything about it just kind of grosses me out. Japan is releasing an ice cream bar that has mayonnaise flavored ice cream in the center of it. This is, uh, I mean, I put the link in the rundown. I don't know if you had a chance to check it out, Craig. This is quite the skeptical uh, and not in a good way. It, it's, it looks disgusting. Yeah. Hot, mayonnaise flavored yeah, ice cream? What are we doing here, Craig? Yeah, I did check this out. Come on, man. Um, I, yeah, I, I mean, look, I, I'll, I'll, I'll give it to you like this. I am a fan of mayo, okay, on my sandwich, right? Like, I, you know, that's cool. Like, you give me a turkey sandwich. I mean, Frank, if you have a turkey sandwich, you got to put something on there, right? I mean, mustard or some... Vinaigrette. I like or ranch, honey to... mustard, you know? Okay, yeah. So that's you know, okay, so that's that's fine to, to to have some extra flavor to it, but to have absolutely nothing I can't do. So yeah, so I'm uh, I'm good with mayo. But yeah, that does not sound appetizing. But then again, they're trying to create every single possible flavor possible with every ice cream, every potato chip, everything that you eat. People have their own tastes, and so as disgusting as we think it may be, this is where they're basically catering to about, uh, you know, 1% of the population, which, you know, they have the right to do, you know, kind of like uh, catering to the XFL. Anyway, on that note, what we'll do is we'll take a quick time out on Fantasy Sports Today, and we'll be back with a lot more, which would include the other trade that happened over the weekend. The Tampa Bay Rays have now decided to go full retool again. They've traded a lot of the players that made them successful last year for other players. They're constantly re-churning re their roster, as I mentioned. What does it mean for the closer's role coming up? We'll talk about that, but also go through a lot of the players that could be factoring into some of these back-end teams in Major League Baseball. Some of the gems in fantasy aren't the ones that you see at the top of the draft. They're at the back. 
We'll talk about that also a little bit later on the show. We're going to have a fun exercise. Frank and I are going to go through the NFBC average draft position and try and find viable fantasy players in the thousands in their ADP. That's right. There are over 1,000 players that have been taken in ADP, and what we're going to do is we are going to go through it and find players that we think that we could end up taking. Hmm. A tough exercise, but one that we will accomplish. All right, we'll be back with more fantasy sports today in just a couple of minutes. Craig and Frank back here with you. Frank live in the studio in New Jersey. Looking good there at the FanDuel Sportsbook. And nice picture of me just sitting kind of smiling. We'll be back with more fantasy sports today after this. Don't go away. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. Fantasy Sports Today with Craig Mish and Frank Stanford. And welcome back, Fantasy Sports Today. Craig and Frank here with you. And we are getting closer to the baseball season and, of course, a little bit away from the football season. Although, contrary to popular belief, uh, a lot of people were dialed into the uh, the XFL yesterday. And, uh, look, I've made my thoughts known on that. First of all, I'm all about partnerships, and I'm all about whatever moves the needle in terms of fantasy and reality. And, Frank, I don't want to spend too much time on this because I, I want to stick with baseball today, so I will just say this. Uh, last year, I went down the road with the uh, AAF and was kind of, honestly, forced into a position to talk about it. You know, kind of kind of forced into it a little bit because everybody else was talking about it last year when I was working on satellite radio. And so then, um, you know, I went with it, but I was I sent the caveat. I don't know if I told this story to you, but I did send the caveat to the boss, to the big boss. And I said, listen, uh, and, and again, for for all the times that I that I talk and I do shows both on radio and television, the one thing that I don't do is I don't gas bag. I don't say I told you. I don't say I knew. And I, I don't like to do that. I don't because I feel like there's always room to be open to ideas and to, you know, everything on in terms of topics and broadcasting. And, and look, I've been around and I've done this a long time. But on the subject of that, I was very clear. And I said, I think we're making a massive mistake devoting so much time to something that is going to be gone in weeks. And I got major brushback on it, and I was told you're totally wrong. There's a lot of financial backing with this. There's The, the ratings are going to be great, and so on and so forth. I was told I told you after the first week when everyone was so in love with the um, with the AAF, and then two weeks later they were having money troubles, and then a month later they were gone. Now, uh, Frank, I'm I'm very happy, and I and I personally am rooting for players to have more of a minor league system to play in the NFL. I think that would be great. I personally do not think this is it, and I do not see long term sustainability with this either. If it makes people happy to be able to wager on something and it gives something extra to pay attention to on the weekends, cool. I'm all about that. If you don't like college basketball and you want to watch minor league football, have at it. 
Uh, I'm a big minor league baseball fan. I, I could go to a minor league game, but I'm a big minor league baseball fan. And I think that's what, Frank, people are failing to realize is that there are just some people that are going to like any kind of football that they put on a field because they're football fans, and that's cool, and I get that. But I am not going down the road on something just because it is minor league football, which is what it is. And so I hope it succeeds, and that would be great. But for the purposes of our show, unless we are forced into a situation because of a partnership, which I am cool with, if we go down the road, fine. But beyond that, Frank, it is fantasy baseball season for me, and that's what I want to cover. And I love it. I'm here to talk fantasy baseball as well. Uh, and we don't even have XFL DFS legal in New York right now. So right now in New Jersey, I can set a lineup. That's fine. But I was trying to put a lineup in over the weekend uh, for XFL DFS, and it's not legal in New York. So we've got to uh, we've got to make that happen first if we want more people to you know kind of dive into XFL fantasy. Uh, but look, it's uh, it's hard to knock your points either, right? Like you you devoted attention to AAF last year, and that ended up folding. And you know, there's no guarantee that the XFL is going to last. So I understand your sentiment there but I also understand what you said about people there look there's just football fans right they they have a hunger a desire to watch football all year long and even if it's a minor league product and it's not the same as you know NFL players or maybe even college football players uh, there still is a strong desire for people to watch football all year round and I think the XFL are doing some interesting things uh, from a unique perspective like interviewing guys who just miss field goals on the sideline and you know the things that they're doing uh, with extra points one two and three extra points uh, after a team score touch sounds as well. So I think they're doing some interesting things, but I'm with you, man. Let's We're here to talk fantasy baseball. That's exactly what we're going to do. Yeah, it's uh, it's an actionable time for those people who are doing drafts. And so I wish them all the best. And of course, there are a lot of employees there that I hope succeed. A lot of broadcasters. I'm in the broadcast injury and, uh, industry, and I hope they succeed as well. But just from a content standpoint, it's not on my radar. Okay, and that's the end of that for the season in the XFL. Have a great year. Moving on to baseball, uh, the trade of Pagan. Let's go through some of the shaking closing situations in fantasy baseball. The Tampa Bay Rays uh, make that trade, and immediately there are some people that feel that either Alvarado or Nick Anderson is going to end up being the closer in Tampa. Frank, I don't know how you're handicapping this, but for me, look, I saw Nick Anderson pitch for three months in Miami last year. Uh, Marlins found him from the Twins. They redeveloped him, got him into a position where he was arguably one of the best high-leverage arms in all of Major League Baseball. Maybe Tampa decides to give him 50% of the closing situation. I don't know. I don't know that you can trust anyone on Tampa. So my guess is is that they're going to be a shared role of both of these guys. And in terms of high leverage situations, I think both of Anderson and Alvarado get some strikeouts. They get some counting numbers for you. But I don't think one pitcher on the Rays ends up with 20 saves. I don't see that happening, Frank. Yeah, and last year they did have just one reliever with 20 saves, and that was Emilio Pagan, and he moves over to the San Diego Padres. He's going to set up, uh, again, for Kirby Yates. So there's a chance that Nick Anderson is that guy that maybe you know sees the bulk of the closing uh, opportunities there with the Tampa Bay Rays. But you're right, they have other options. You, we didn't even bring up Diego Castillo yet, too, who has been used as an opener. He's been used as a closer at times, and he throws extremely hard and has great swing and miss stuff as well. So you now have three players in the mix. What I will say about Nick Anderson is, look, you got to watch this guy up close, so you saw firsthand uh, his strikeout stuff is legit. A 41.7% strikeout rate last year. That was second among qualified relievers behind only Josh Hader. So 
he is someone that fits that mold of a – he has the swing and miss stuff as well, uh, but we're talking about elite swing and miss stuff. So if they wanted to use him at the back end of the bullpen there as the closer, it wouldn't surprise me. But if you look at what Kevin Cash has done since he's been the manager of the Tampa Bay Rays, he really has used this closer by committee approach. So uh, honestly, if you're doing a draft and hold or, or just you know, you're taking flyers on these guys late in your drafts, I would just take the one that goes the latest, right? Alvarado struggled big time with walks last year, but we know he has talent. Uh, I don't think you could say the same thing about Diego Castillo. So uh, give me whoever is going last of this bunch, but I would say that Nick Anderson probably gets the first shot uh, for the bulk of the saves here, but I do think that they're going to use the other guys as well here, Craig. Yeah, you know, it's funny. I, I don't even agree with that. I, I mean, Anderson has no closing experience, and I think that that is going to factor into some of the decisions that Kevin Cash makes. In fact, if I had to handicap it, I think that I would probably say that uh, Anderson gets I, – I would put a saves total on him at about 11.5. I would put uh, Castillo's number probably about 5.5, and, and I think Alvarado goes to about 10.5, 11.5 if I was handicapping. And I think it's just a straight split. The Rays are going to play the matchups, uh, in my opinion. Now, the Mariners situation is another dicey one. There's no doubt about that. They're going to par- probably go with McGill to start the season. But, of course, they did sign Hirano uh, about a, uh, two weeks ago. They brought in Carl Edward Jr., very early into the, uh, the the season in terms of the offseason. Okay, so, Frank, how do you handicap this one? Do you trust any of these guys in the ninth inning? I, I feel like they're like – like McGill could be the 29th out of the 30th closing option in all of baseball. And, by the way, if he does well, Frank, I think they trade McGill to another team. And so uh, this may be the worst closing situation of all going into the season. Yeah, I'm, I'm avoiding this one right now. And not to mention the Mariners are just going to be dreadful this upcoming season. So if any of these guys performs well in the closer's role, you're right. They're probably looking to trade one of these guys at the deadline anyway. If I had to handicap it now, I would say McGill is probably the answer for me at who's going to get the first crack at saving games here. Uh, Hirano does have four saves in his major league career. Last year, we saw McGill kind of take over that closer's role for the Mariners. Uh, and he had five saves over the final two months. He does have some swing and miss, 15% swinging strike rate, a mid-90s fastball. He uses a, a slider as well. Hirano uh, doesn't get nearly as many swings and misses, doesn't get as many strikeouts. He throws about 91, 92, more of a finesse pitcher, uses a splitter as well. Uh, but he's probably going to be in the mix. But for me, if I'm handicapping this, I think McGill probably gets the first opportunity. But you're right. The, one of these guys probably ends up getting traded. Uh, and Carl Edwards, we've seen him have upside in the past, but last year, he was just uh, something wrong, was wrong with him. Maybe he's pitching through an injury, yeah, whatever it might be. He got released from the Cubs, latched on with the Padres, but the walks were up tremendously for Carl Edwards. The velocity was down for him last year, so he has an opportunity to bounce back, but if you ask me, I think McGill probably leads the Mariners in saves this year, but if we're just being honest, I'm staying away from this situation completely. Yeah, let, let's hit on one more real quick, and then we'll, uh, we'll close it out on uh, next segment if we have time. Uh, the Rockies situation is a little bit more clear because Wade Davis lost his gig last year and then Scott Oberg ended up taking over and did a pretty good job. Uh, Frank, in general, I'm not really big on Rockies closers just because even if they succeed, they tend to give you some of those uh, high whips and high ERAs, and that becomes a problem for me. And, and Oberg showed some pretty good swing and miss stuff. I mean, I still think there's a chance, though, that Wade Davis is able to find himself and get back in that closers role because – Frank, I think that the Rockies will probably look if they can try and trade Wade Davis. The best way to do it is to have him in the highest leverage situation possible. So Oberg starts the season off, but two blown saves in a row. I think they go back to Wade Davis. 
Yeah, I think this is a very volatile situation as well. And perhaps you could speak more on the financials of, you know, baseball, the back end, because Wade Davis is still getting paid a ton of money. So I'm sure the Rockies would yep. like to get him back in that closer's role. But it's hard to argue uh, to make a case for him having that closer role to start the year. He had an ERA over eight last year. He averaged over six walks per nine. I mean, there's no defending Wade Davis. He was absolutely dreadful last year. Uh, but then Oberg had five saves last season for the Rockies. Uh, they had Gyro Diaz also had four. Uh, five saves last year for the Colorado Rockies as well. So, you know, they had three different players with five-plus saves last year for the Rockies. Uh, and as Craig mentioned, it's a tough place to pitch. You normally get high walk rates. Uh, there's an inflated Babbitt there. Uh, you know, you, you see a few uh, blown saves here from Oberg. It wouldn't surprise me again uh, if Wade Davis gets in this role. And because he's getting paid a lot of money, Craig. Yep, that's part of it too. We'll take a quick timeout on Fantasy Sports today. More to come next. We'll go through some unlucky and lucky batters last year and also close out this closer conversation. Fantasy Sports Today, Craig and Frank, back after this. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. Fantasy Sports Today with Craig Mish and Frank Stanford. All right, welcome back. It is Craig and Frank with you here on Fantasy Sports Today. Good to be back with you on Monday. Had a nice weekend. Frank, I know that you had some some huge doing-nothing plans over the weekend. So, uh, actually, you know, I take it back. I think I saw a picture of you posted uh, with your outfit that you bought. Is that right? Am I right about that? Did I see that this weekend, or is that a dream? Yeah, so Friday was the big nothing day where I just kind of went to the local pub and ended up playing some pool with my brother, so I kind of laid low Friday. Saturday was just a train wreck. I was out all day. I went to brunch. I was wasted by like 6 p.m. in the you know at oh, night, uh, and then after that, I had to go to a, a birthday party uh, in the city, so I had to travel. I went from Astoria back to my house, so I went from Queens to Queens, and then I went back to the city. You know, I'm used to traveling all over the place here, Craig, as you know, uh, working here at the FanDuel Sportsbook, uh, but I did end up at a 90s themed birthday party. You can go check out my Twitter. Uh, I had like Seattle Mariners shirt. I had the flip up hat from uh, White Man Can't Jump. I had a fanny pack. The whole getup. It was great. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, look, getting wasted, Frank, I mean, you know, it's I'm, I'm a little worried, you know. I mean, it's, it is a Saturday. It is New York. So if in the future, if you can just keep me, you know, in the loop on that, because then I'll you know, make sure that you get yourself, you know, you know, a plane ticket to, you know, or, or, you know, just something to get you from one place to the next. I don't want you out there in, in the really mean streets of New York City. So just be careful for me. I need you here on the show. OK, I mean, fantasy baseball season's coming. Craig, if, if I can expense my Ubers, if I can expense my Ubers to you, like I can make that happen. I'll just get a bunch of Ubers from now on and I'll just send I'll send the bill to Craig Mish. I'm up for it. Uh, either that, or you know, get Sussman to, to uh, you know get a few of those uh, horse and carriage rides. You know, you go in the back, Sussman in the front, and we uh, we knock that out. You know, we, we could we could do that too. Okay, uh, enough shenanigans. Back to the fantasy baseball discussion. So, look, we didn't really get a chance to finish the the uh, the poor closing situation. So, I'm going to throw a couple more out there to you, 
And if I forgot about any of the others, then then fill in the blanks here. Okay, I got the Giants, the Orioles, and believe it or not, I have the Nationals in in my conversation. So uh, we we could kind of quickly run through this here. The Giants, I don't think they even have a closer going into the season. Really, like I I mean, is Brian Wilson going to come back? Is the Beard going to come back and close? Is Romo going to close for them? Melanson, uh, Lincecum? I don't know. They I I don't think they have a guy in the ninth inning. So for me. This is a complete zero. Sean Anderson probably gets the first opportunity. What can he provide? No clue. No idea. I'm totally out on their closing situation. Uh, Orioles with Givens. We saw this last year. Uh, I've told you about Evan Phillips. I think he's a name to watch. I would be taking him in the NFBC in the thousands as we get to that in a little bit. And the Nationals, maybe people are surprised for me to bring them up, but I think Doolittle was used way too much by Dave Martinez last year. It was worth it. They got themselves a World Series. I think that's why they brought in Will Harris. I think Will Harris is going to get some closing role opportunities. I think Hudson could too. Uh, I am out. I am not going to trust Doolittle this draft season. And and I don't. Th- I wouldn't say that he's a back end closer. I just think that my view on him is that. So I want to bring this up in the conversation. So Frank, hammer it out: Giants, Orioles, Nationals. Yeah, so I'll start off with the Giants as well. I think Tony Watson obviously has the most experience, right? He has 30 career saves at the major league level, but he wasn't great last year. He had an ERA over oh. four. He had a one two six whip. He is one season removed uh, from 2018, 9.8 Ks per nine that season, 2.59 ERA with a 103 whip. So, you know, that was just two seasons ago in, uh, in 2018. So he does have some closing experience. I think Tony Watson is probably the guy. I've heard people talk about Sean Anderson and how he performed better as a reliever last year, so I looked into that. Uh, in 12 relief appearances, he had a 6.08 ERA and a 1.57 whip. So I don't know who's writing about Sean Anderson being good as a reliever last year, but he clearly was not. Uh, so if I had to lean one way or, uh, here with the San Francisco Giants, I would go with Tony Watson. I think he gets the first shot. Uh, he does have some veteran experience there. When it comes to the Baltimore Orioles, they had, let me look at this right here, they had one, two, three, four, five different players with two-plus saves last year. And mind you, they haven't won more than 54 games in each of the past two seasons. Michael Givens led them, led the team with 11 saves with a 4.57 ERA and a 1.19 whip. So he was not good last year. Uh, I wanted to ask you about Hunter Harvey potentially getting a chance to maybe close there. I know he's a former first-round pick, extremely hard thrower as well. So maybe Hunter Harvey is in the mix. They probably want to trade Michael Givens at some point as well, uh, are the Baltimore Orioles. And then when it comes to the Washington Nationals, I agree with you, man. Like, they have three really good relievers, and Daniel Hudson was basically their postseason hero, right? Like, he was there closing out games when it mattered most. He helped team win a World Series, so you know why would they not use Daniel Hudson? And Will Harris has showed the ability to be a fantastic reliever with the Houston Astros in the past. Uh, and Sean Doolittle has some you know injury history as well. So you know I think that Sean Doolittle is being a little bit overvalued right now. Uh, the ADP seems a little bit high to me. Let me pull this up for you. Sean Doolittle going 203. That's probably too high. I don't think people are baking enough risk into uh, that Washington Nationals closer situation. So I like Watson. I'm worried about the Nationals as well. And I think Hunter Harvey is an interesting name at the back end of the Orioles uh, bullpen there. What do you think about Hunter Harvey, Craig? I think there's a chance. I, I, I wouldn't rule anybody out from Baltimore's situation. Phillips is the one name that, that I'm going to be probably taking in the mixed league again at the end. It's just because, you know, sometimes in reality, Frank, when I'm hand-fed a name from someone in baseball, I got to pay more attention to that name. And I try to bring that to the fantasy as well. So that that will be the guy that I'll keep an eye on. Let me go back to Doolittle for a minute, just for context here. 
And look, the guy's been a a fantastic reliever in Major League Baseball career whip of less than one in eight years. It's fantastic. That being said, 55 games finished for Doolittle last year, career high. 63 games pitched for Doolittle, most in six years for him. 60 innings thrown by Doolittle, most since 2014. It just, I, I think that it's it's going to catch up to him. Um, as you mentioned, he's had injuries through through the years. Missed most of all of 2015. Um, some of, you know, he's he spent some injured list time. I'm probably going to, like, be on the cautious side with this, and I'm probably going to go in another direction. So I think you've got to be careful of wear and tear on some of these. Craig, but I'll, look, it was it was all worth it. He got They got a World Series out of it. Yeah, I'll just jump in here real quick just to kind of break this down further. Look, as great as Sean Doolittle has been, Daniel Hudson and Will Harris were both better than him last year, right? So Doolittle has the 405 ERA, 130 whip. Daniel Hudson was fantastic. 247 ERA, 114 whip uh, with 71 strikeouts and 73 and a third innings pitched. And then when it comes to Will Harris, a 150 ERA and a 0.93 whip last year uh, was Will Harris. So as great as Sean Doolittle has been, these other relievers have been uh, pretty great as well uh, who are either with the Washington Nationals or have now joined the Washington Nationals as well, Craig. Now, just just out of curiosity, did I miss any situations that you think are are low end, back end? I know St. Louis has somewhat of a question with them. I know there's some other teams too, but was there, was there any that piqued your interest with in this conversation of ones that I missed? Yeah, St. Louis is definitely interesting. People are, you know, questioning whether or not Carlos Martinez is actually going to remain in the rotation. He has said that he wants to be a starter. Uh, Giovanni Gallegos, I think, has fantastic stuff, and I think that he could fill in as the closer there. But Andrew Miller has closing experience as well with the St. Louis Cardinals, so it wouldn't surprise me if they mix and match maybe some uh, some righty-lefty matchups there where if there are lefties coming up in the ninth, we see Andrew Miller, uh, and if there are a lot of righties, we get some Giovanni Gallegos there as well. Craig, I mean... It seems obvious to ask you about the Miami Marlins, right? Because, you know, they bring in Brandon Kinsler, and you have to assume if they pay a reliever, whatever they pay, $3, 4000000 million, that he's likely going to be the closer there. Do you think it's his job from the get-go? And if you had to handcuff somebody with Kinsler, uh, who would it be? I swear I did not just take Kinsler in my uh, NFBC draft, so um, I, I, I might need this information. <laughs> Yeah, I, I think Kinsler's <laughs> going to open up as the closer there for sure. It was funny is that I, I think that I said with you last week, um, I don't think you brought up Arena. I'm not sure if you did, but I've been on this show saying now for you know three months that he's not. I don't think he's going to even pitch for the Marlins this year, and I'm glad that they cleared that up over the weekend that he's going to be a starter. Uh, I would not rule out Frank Stanek being the next option. It went dreadfully wrong for him last year when he was put in the role, but it wasn't something that he was used to doing. I think they want him to be the closer. I think that they would like him to be their closer. Their their future closer may be this kid who they got in the trade for Giancarlo Stanton, Jorge Guzman, who's probably one of their top 15 prospects. I'm not sure if he's going to end up being a starter, but maybe a reliever. My guess is Stanek gets every opportunity on that club April, May, June, and July. I can't tell you, Frank, if he'll be there in August and September. They hold an option on him that could potentially keep him there those two months. And this could end up being a, a similar to a Romo situation. If I had to project, on July 31st, Kinsler has 17 saves, an ERA of 3.7, a whip of 1.2. And uh, that's that's pretty much a standard 
you know, closer, maybe a little bit less in the saves category that you're getting for some others. You know, somebody on July 31st can end up have 30. You know, Diaz two years ago had almost 70 saves. Someone's going to have 30, 40 saves. We just don't know who that's going to be because that's not something you can quantify for all the one-run games that some teams play in. That's part of the equation. San Francisco played 51 run games last year. I mean, that's you can't predict that going into the season. But yeah, I think that you made a, a decent pick. I don't know that he's a high-end target for me as far as closers go, but I certainly think that he's someone in the conversation. If you said to me, who would you rather have, Brandon Kinsler or Joe Jimenez, I would take uh, Brandon Kinsler. That's for sure. All right, uh, we got to wrap up this hour real quick. We'll come back in hour number two with uh, radio and television broadcaster Rich Waltz, who appears on CBS Sports Network and calls college basketball for them. You can also catch him on Fox Sports 1 doing baseball on Saturdays throughout the baseball season. And, of course, covers a myriad of sports uh, play on the play-by-play side and is going to give us a lot of perspective as to what he thinks the 2020 baseball season and maybe some basketball tips may look like as well. So stay tuned to, uh, to that as well. Uh, don't forget, you can listen to the show live on the Fantasy Sports Network app, but we are moving this program to the TV side. So download Zumo TV. Download the app. It's free. Download Pluto TV. It is free as well. You can download Stir. It'll play live on that as well. And you can watch the show and listen to it at the same time. More of Fantasy Sports Today coming back for hour number two right here. This is Fantasy Sports Today with Craig and Frank. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. Ever wondered how a book gets made into a movie? Or how to master the art of cooking? Either way, we've got you covered with the Two Guys from Hollywood podcast. I'm Alan Nevins, a literary agent and talent manager. And I'm Joey Santos, a columnist and celebrity chef. On our podcast, we're going to be serving you a fresh perspective of the entertainment industry alongside our favorite celebrity guests. As we like to say, we don't dish, we serve. Listen and follow Two Guys from Hollywood on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll talk at you soon. Hey everyone, it's Michelle Williams, and I love being able to share my story with you on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, where my guests and I, we get real as we share the ups and downs of our mental health journeys, and I'd love for you to join me. Hey, it's going to be your church and your turn up. So listen to Checking In with Michelle Williams every Tuesday, a part of the Black Effect on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.